It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services is the official and exclusive realtor and broker for Three Point Podcast. Corey and her team have been providing personal, exemplary service and real estate sales since 2004. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services are total professionals helping you sell your current house or buying your dream home. Stop in at 216 West Exchange Street in Owasso. Get info online at CoreyShook.com and follow on Facebook at Corey Shook Realtor for more details. If you are looking for honesty, ambition, and expertise, you're looking for Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for episode 289 of the three-point podcast presented by the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. What a place that is. I'm telling you, you got to join. Start the new year out right. 15% off. It's just uh, the place to go get healthy. If you want more details, go to memorialhealthcare.org and see everything they offer. Also want to thank our local partners, AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Home, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. You know, before we play catch up, guys, I got to tell you, I sent a quick little email out to our three-point podcast sponsors and just not even a sell. I just said, hey, I just want you guys to be aware if you want to get on board the Corona Cavalier bandwagon on the radio, you got an opportunity. Well, a couple of them did. So just that easy, man. There's Corona Cavalier mania in our area. We'll talk more about that for sure. Yeah, I mean, we, we said it. Our, our friends at AZ are putting together, they did the district championship shirts. And I know they told you they sold a ton. I'm sure the regional championship shirts, I'm sure they sold a ton. Oh, yeah. Um, I bet if you walk around town, you go into Meyer right now, I bet half the store would have some sort of Corona gear on. And it is really cool. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for, you know, those kids. Speaking of AZ, hey, look they at put that. together this shirt for me. Uh, Ted, you you went and picked them up for me, so I appreciate that and sent them. Yeah, they did. They did a few shirts for me, and we put together those Corona football, um, football town shirts that that the three of us got with our three point podcast logo on the back. So yeah, AZ branding. They do a really good job. Anyone looking for embroidery, screen printing, hats? I mean, Ted, you've got what? You probably have a comforter with the three point podcast logo on it. I think I I think my whole wardrobe now is uh, three point podcast. (laughs) <laughs> all by AZ. But I mean, they do a great job. I mean, 
you know, the screen printing and and the stitching. I mean, it's just awesome. Hey, you know, and all our other sponsors. I mean, if you want to get insurance, definitely check out, check out Jacobs Insurance. Uh, if you're in the market for a new house, Corey Shook and Associates. Uh, you know, if, if you know everybody has death in their families, and nobody does it better and more professional than Nelson House. Uh, you know, our go-to uh, sports bar, restaurant, Rivals Tap House and Grill. And if you're looking for a mortgage. You know, get old Jim Woodworth at uh, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and we highly recommend you check out all our sponsors. All right, that's our that's our commercial. How about catch up? Uh, I, I can start, man. I mean, it's it's funny these catch up segments. They're it's really not like I feel like people don't really know anything about me, but it's more so <laughs> just the trials and tribulations of of life. That's what um, it's um, come down to with you. That's for sure. This will be, I, I'm going to, there will be, I'll be, I'll throw out a question to you guys at the very end of this. So just stick with me on this kind of story and then just know that there's a little care at the end for you guys. All right. So as you guys know, I just moved into this house, you know, a week ago, my phone lately, it's an iPhone 10. I, I've dropped it a million times. It's cracked. <laughs> it, it's on its last legs. <laughs> so as I'm leaving work the other day, I, you know, maybe made this drive from my house to work. It's about probably a 12, 13 minute drive. I've done it probably five times now. <clears throat> Every time I have directions, right? Just kind of, that's the generation I'm in. That's what I do. It's I live on the phone directions. It takes me a while before I need to finally cut those off and not use it anymore. I'm in a new area. I'm in new surroundings. I need it. I'm pulling out. Like I said, my phone hardly works half the time. All of a sudden, I have no signal. No signal as I'm driving out. I didn't pull up directions um, because I really, I know how to basically get home. I just don't know how to actually get to the house. I can, I can get within a five-minute radius of it, but I don't know how to get there. So I'm driving, and I'm kind of like, all right, I'll figure it out. It's pitch black out. My eyes are horrible, so I can't see street signs. I can't see the lights. They're shining in my eyes. I'm driving around, driving around. I'm like, dude, I, I really don't know how I'm going to get home now that I'm kind of five, 10 minutes past when I should have been home. 20 minutes goes, 25 minutes goes. I'm just circling 13 mile, 12 mile road. I live right in between them. Finally, I'm like, I don't know. I'm not going to be able to get home. I'm almost starting to panic. My phone's dead. I have no way to contact anybody. I finally just am like about ready to almost like cry. It feels like I finally like just out of rage, almost wheel off into this side parking lot. As I do it, wouldn't you know, it's like a sign from the gods. I look up everett street that's the street i live on i don't know how it happened i just so happened to turn there i literally was at like my like last breaking moment i was going to pull into this parking lot and just sit there and think about what i can do to actually get home (laughs) wouldn't you know it i just saw the everett avenue sign followed it all the way home and made it back was it my brightest moment no am i glad i just made it home because i really was at that point thinking okay i'm gonna have to go to meyer I'm going to have to buy a phone charger. I'm going to have to drive somewhere with Wi-Fi, like a McDonald's. I'm going to go sit while my phone charges, wait for the Wi-Fi to load, pull up directions, get back into my car, drive home. So it's going to be like an hour, hour and a half ordeal before I really got home if I hadn't happened to stumble upon that street sign. So my question to you guys is, how did you live without a phone? How in God's green earth did you find your way across country trips? Ted, you used to drive all over the country. You still do. How in God's green earth were you doing that? without a phone it's impressive i I shit a lot on you guys about what you guys used to do i mean ted's generation like i said their athleticism exercise was vibrating on a a horse like you saw (laughs) baby ruth do but i tell you what you guys impress me with how you're able to know where you're at does that skill ever leave you and how did you guys ever even learn that 
Well, I, I would think, go, go ahead, Matt. Well, All I was right. just going to say for me, I have, I was just born with a pretty good sense of direction. You know, I pretty much know where I'm going, uh, no matter what, within reason. But back in the day, uh, when I was traveling all over the place for sales, pre-cell phone era, it was basically a map or you would get a hold of the customer and say, could you give me directions from the from the nearest intersection? Something like that. So it was, Give me it was some a, landmarks to look Give for. me some landmarks. Yeah, turn left at the second road after the Burger King, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but my sense of direction really is pretty good. A lot of people have no sense of direction. Right. Uh, it sounds like you maybe maybe fall into that jared just because you how long have you been at your house and you couldn't find your way home i was going to say before i answer your initial question jared did you ever think and i know this is like some people don't want to do this did you ever think just to stop at a gas station and ask for directions or something or a burger king or a mcdonald's or something and be like hey whatever your everett street do you know where everett street is you know something like that even even Ted describing, no, I didn't because he, here's why. <laughs> Ted describing like getting told directions. Like now I have to be like a math whiz remembering all these things. Turn left here, turn right there. When you see the rock, do a 360 and go straight. Like you can't remember that. You can't remember that. I can't no, even remember but, how to get to my house that's 10 minutes away after I've done it five times. But, you but what, remember five different <clears throat> directions and how to get there? No, no shot. I, but I, don't what even said, I, think, I think that's a myth that never even really works. But what Matt said is the the other alternative for sure that I would do in the day. Everybody did. You'd right. stop at a gas station and ask for directions where you're going if yeah. you're close by. It is. I think it definitely is a generational thing. And again, my my generation is is, is unique with a lot of these conversations because we saw both sides. Yeah. I grew up, you know, pre cell phones when, I mean, my dad still does, but when he just had a map for everything, literally a physical map. Yep. for everywhere we went and he knew exactly where he was going all the time and then i you know ted you remember when map quest came around for sure and you would get on your computer and it felt like this jetsons or this other world like i can just put in an address and it prints out turn by turn directions and this is just that. crazy and now obviously gps is, is what it is yeah so I, I remember the whole like uh progression of getting to where we're at now with jared driving in circles in his own neighborhood <laughs> I'm kind of like down the middle. I'm I'm not the best. I'll admit it because I do rely on my phone a lot, but I can pick things up. Funny story. So my parents were just down here last weekend. And like I said, my, my dad is still very, even though my mom will bring where they're going up on her phone, you know, on the iPhone, he still has maps for everything. And so after they left our place, they were going up to the mountains in Boone where Appalachian State, the college yeah, is. Oh yeah. And they were going to go camp. Yeah. Go camping and stuff up there. And one of my coworkers, she went to App State. So I just asked her, I said, hey, my parents are going up there. Is there any, you know, recommendations, hikes, you know, I don't know, anything like that. And she was like, I told her where they were going. And she was like, you might want to tell them they're going to lose service. Once they get way up in those mountains, they're going to lose service. That's scary. Yeah. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. So I called my parents. I called my mom. And she was like, you know, we wondered about that. And I could hear my dad in the background. I've already got the map out. I know exactly where we're going. I know the road we're going on, so we're good to go. And sure enough, they got to their campground. So I think it is, I think it is definitely a generational thing. Now, my wife, my wife has that sense of direction. We kind of joke with each other when we go places. I, I'm always like, all right, I gotta get the phone out. And like, where are we going? And she'll be like, No, no, I, you know, we we turned here and I we gotta head. She even knows direction. She'll be like, head east and you know, head northwest. <laughs> right. And I'm like, 
uh, where's the sun? Like, I exactly. don't know like what's going on. So like I said, I'm down the middle. I, I appreciate that about your generation though, Ted, like just being able to be like, Oh yeah, we're heading to Northern Michigan. So we got to do 52 to 27 over to the jig. And it's just like, how yeah. do you know where, how do you know you, where you're going? I don't get it. You really, you take it for granted, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'd be lying if I said this is the first time that this predicament has happened to me. No, it happened when I was in college working for Fox 17. Oh. Went to Michigan State for a football game. <laughs> Didn't have a phone, so I had to print out MapQuest directions. Yep. Missed like one turn, and the directions were basically, might as well just throw them in the fire. There. <laughs> yeah, Once you miss one turn, right. they're, they're Yeah, down. you're screwed. <laughs> so it took me like to get back from Michigan State to Grand Rapids. Luckily, we had like a late show. I think it was maybe like a World Series night. So we didn't go on air till like midnight. It took me like an extra two hours. Uh, and I had to do what I said, which is pull into a McDonald's, get Wi-Fi for a second, pull up directions and go. There's no other way I was going to make it back. I still would be on the road driving around if, if I didn't have my phone in that sense. So it is. It's funny you say that about Fox 17, because, again, nowadays, I'm sure all the reporters, photogs, whatever, they've got their phones, of course. Oh, yeah. But like when I was doing it, it was still kind of like no one, not everyone had their iPhones. So you would, when you'd get sent out on a story, you would print out MapQuest directions. And then if you had to go to a story after that one, you would print out directions from that place to the next one. Like Mm -hmm. you have to map out your whole, unless you knew where you were going. But I, I knew Grand Rapids pretty well, but not, you know, some of the places they would send me. I didn't know where the hell some of those places were, but definitely when I moved to Connecticut, when I got the job at ESPN, when I moved to Connecticut, I mean, I had never lived outside. Of, I had no idea where the heck, what, what is Connecticut? I had never even thought about it. So I definitely bought a, a Tom Tom. You know, those were, those were big back then. It still and has one. That thing, that thing was a godsend. That thing, I was, man, that was the best thing, best purchase ever. Those yeah. were incredible technology. I, I remember it mesmerizing me as like a seven or eight year old. Wow. It's going to say we're going to be home in five minutes. And wouldn't you know it? We're back in five minutes. Yeah. I, that was so cool. I play I play the game and I still use mine that you know, okay. I pull out of the driveway, it tells me what time I'm gonna beat that time. No yeah. doubt about it. So <laughs> so anyway, that's old school, but uh, yeah, I still to tell you the truth, guys, when I go on trips, like I got this trip going out west in February, I'll have it mapped out. I don't use I don't use MapQuest anymore. I'll use Google Maps, but I'll yeah. have it all mapped out. So I just have the paper with me just in case. <laughs> and I get a feel for which way I'm going, you know, what roads I'm going yeah. on. And then then I'll use my uh, phone or my my uh, TomTom if I take it with me. Yeah, we'll see. If you is need it? directions for that drive from Vizona to Vegas, which I'm pretty sure is a straight shot for like 500 miles. Yeah. Then <laughs> then we've lost all hope on this podcast. No, I won't need that. But the trip's <laughs> going to be more than Phoenix to Vegas. We got a lot of other stops, including the Grand Canyon. So, so I do. I'll, I do appreciate Jared saying that after he just told us he was driving in circles in a parking lot and he couldn't find his house for two hours. But that's not, that's not my strength. Sometimes your biggest strengths are knowing what your weaknesses are. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I do have one, one general question. Okay. Uh, When you're on 13 mile or 12 mile road, how many turns are there to get to where you got to go? I mean, is there a off of 13 mile? Is there that street intersects it or is it kind of tucked in a neighborhood? No, it's my street connects to 13 mile. (laughs) But again, this is this was now like what, four or five days ago. So it's like I'm once once I've realized, like, even if I'm lost, I'll still find my way. Uh huh. The the light bulb clicked, you know, but really, I didn't know. I I mean, it's my dad always tells me that all the time. Like it's you 
it's kind of a pointless advice. He's like, oh, well, you, you really shouldn't rely on your phone that much for directions. He's told me that a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. You should you should really, you know, one of these days just go do it on your own when you don't have to work or what? Like basically go do it when you have, when you have time to kill. Right. I'm not ever going to do that. It's good <laughs> advice and we're, we're seeing why, but never going to do that. Yeah. But now because of what you went through, now, you know, the parking lot that you pulled into where you're. So if you're driving yeah. by and you see it, you get, oh, right here. I am getting that was like something out of a movie. It was like something of a godsend, how that happened. I'm like, I'm not joking with how that went down. Turning in, I'm giving up. I don't know what I'm going to do. Look up. It's right there. Or it was something like out of Dumb and Dumber or something. Were were you talking to yourself out loud? What the F? What's going on here? Yeah, I mean, I'll be road rage is definitely something I suffer from sometimes. That was like just road rage. Like it wasn't I wasn't even mad at myself. I was mad at my phone. Like I kept shutting it off, turning it on, turning it off, turning it on, turning it off. Wouldn't work. Wouldn't work. You didn't you didn't have a car charger? No, it yeah. just was no, it, it would low. It just it just was decided it wasn't going to work for 20 minutes. Like there was really no explanation for it. Well, regroup, young man. Get ready for an interview because we have uh, Jeff Kimmerly coming up. He's going to join us from the MHSAA and we're going to take a look at the upcoming football playoffs right after this. When it comes to an emergency, time matters. At Memorial Healthcare in Owasso, our emergency department is fast ER. We feature low wait times, and we're just a short drive from Flint and Lansing. With emergency trained providers and verification as a level three trauma center, Memorial is an acute stroke-ready hospital. For fast, friendly treatment of minor illnesses and injuries, Memorial Healthcare Urgent Care in Owasso and Durand is now open seven days a week with service from 10 a.m to 8 p.m. No appointment is needed and we're conveniently located on North State Road across from Meyer and Owasso and on Lansing Road in Duran. We offer on-site x-ray and lab services too. Stop in Monday through Friday 7 30 a.m. to 8 p.m. in Owasso and 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. in Duran. Saturday and Sunday lab hours are from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. in both Owasso and Duran. Memorial Healthcare, Fast CR, and with urgent care, lab, and x-ray services now seven days a week. We invite you to find out more and visit us at memorialhealthcare.org. Are you ready to take your brand to the next level? Look no further. Introducing AZ Branding Solutions, where we help grow your brand from A to Z. At AZ, we're committed to helping businesses and organizations like yours reach new heights. Our full-service print and digital branding agency is your one-stop destination for all things branding. Need a stunning web or graphic design that captures your essence? We've got you covered. Want captivating social media content that engages your audience? Done. And that's not all. We're experts in video production and photography, ensuring your brand tells a compelling visual story. Plus, we specialize in screen printing and embroidery turning your brand into wearable art that speaks volumes. Whether you're a startup or an established business, AZ is here to transform your brand dreams into reality. Ready to grow with us? Partner with AZ today and experience the difference. Visit our website at www.az.co or give us a call at 1-844-360-AZEE. AZ Branding Solutions, where your success begins. 
Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesonine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Well, next on the Prep Spotlight, presented by Jacobs Insurance Agency, a guy I've known for a long time, started out uh, at the Lansing State Journal, where I first ran into Jeff, and then uh, he decided to get in with the MHSAA, where he is now the Director of Communications. Easy for me to say. You think I might be able to communicate, but uh, <laughs> Jeff Kimmerly, appreciate you taking time out to join us here on the podcast, and you know, we're just super excited about the football playoffs, you know, our Corona Cavaliers, the Ovid Elsie Marauders, who we cover also doing very well into the final four but this has got to be one of the two or three times of this of the year that you guys are just extremely busy with different things going on with the different tournaments why don't you tell us first of all uh from your perspective over there in east lansing what this week or two has been like and leading up to the thanksgiving weekend well, uh, you know, this week it, it is busy, of course, because we have the, the 16 semifinals across the state. We also have our two eight-player championship games uh, at Northern Michigan at the Superior Dome. We also have uh, 16 teams coming down for volleyball. Uh, quarterfinals are tomorrow night, so that'll be in Battle Creek. And then we also have uh, our Lower Peninsula Girls Swimming and Diving Finals at three sites uh, Friday and Saturday as well. So, Football obviously makes up a big part of why we have a lot going on right now, uh, but we also have some other sports that, that uh, have pretty big followings as well, and winter sports are underway uh, too. So everybody's kind of uh, coming and going and, and mixing in over these next couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, really, once we get to Monday, um, although we're still preparing for things all the way up until Thanksgiving, uh, things do quiet, not quiet down, but they do slow down just a smidge. We know you know, we're heading toward our last tournament of the fall and we've, we've done this one a few times. So we have a, a decent idea what we need to accomplish over those couple of days. Ted mentioned um, a couple teams. I mean, we've been talking about high school football, the whole, the whole state, but mm-hmm. you know, we do kind of focus on mid Michigan a little bit. Shiawassee County, I guess, specifically. Of course, of course. He mentioned Ovid LC and Corona, two teams that we're definitely keeping our eyes on. Ovid LC is playing their semifinal in Grand Blank. Corona will be down in Ypsilanti. Uh, for people that don't know, I mean, even myself, you know, the the exact process. Can you lay out your guys's formula for where these neutral site semifinal games are for people wondering why did Corona end up in Ypsilanti? Why did Ovid LC end up in uh, Grand Blake? Sure. We so we ask all of our schools uh, at the beginning of a school year what they might be interested in hosting from a playoff standpoint. Uh, and then as we get closer uh, during football season, we can whittle down possible semifinal sites. Uh, we like to be on turf, of course, because in Michigan, we don't really want to be on frozen grass at the end of November. Uh, so that kind of whittles down uh, the group of available places again. And then schools have to want to be available. Uh, if somebody's team lost two weeks ago, they probably turned the water off. They probably turned off. Uh, everything else that they would need, concession stands, press boxes, you know, what have what have you. And so that might take uh, that school out of the running. 
fortunately, we have a lot of schools that actually do stay open uh, because they're either regulars in terms of hosting semifinals or they want to be part of hosting a semifinal, having a nice big crowd there, uh, you know, being part of that spotlight, being able to make some money selling concessions and things like that. And, and you know, we're obviously very thankful for, for those as well. Uh, what happens is we have a decent idea of three to four options for every possible matchup going into the weekend. Uh, and as those matchups are determined, we're able to cross out some that just don't make sense at all uh, for the teams that do advance, right. uh, really focus on the ones that do uh, seem like the best option. I, I think people assume that every school is available across the state right. for us to put games, uh, and, and that's really not the case. For example, uh, my local school uh, would have been a great option for a game, but they have their school play this weekend. So it's not a good option because parking would be at a minimum. Just things like that happen yeah. all over the state. And we have only so many fields to choose from. And, and honestly, we're pretty fortunate to have as many as we do. One of the big kind of changes this year for state finals weekend is the changing of when the divisional games are played. First off, gold star for whoever decided to make that change. It's awesome. What made you guys decide to do that this year? And is this something you think is going to be the case for years going on now? Uh, is that that's always going to be the case that so you're going to be able to change what games are played where uh, and when? Is that well, since we were moving the games to Saturday and Sunday uh, at Ford Field because of how uh, the setup was going to be, Michigan State's playing Penn State Friday night. And that was something that was uh, necessitated by TV contracts. Uh, and, and the Big Ten having some agreements there. Uh, we were absolutely happy to work with MSU and Ford Field to, to adjust our schedule for this one year only. Uh, those are two very, very helpful partners uh, to us. Ford Field obviously hosts wrestling for us as well. Uh, Michigan State also hosts baseball and softball and girls soccer. <clears throat> and so, like I said, we were happy to help there. We figured as long as we were moving games uh, to different days, why not try and see what might work better as far as times? Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to finish with Division One on Sunday in part because most years that's two Detroit area teams and that keeps the audiences closer to home on a Sunday night when people have school and work the next day. Um, you know, working with Bally's a little bit, Bally Sports Detroit, which has been our partner forever. Uh, they were interested in seeing how some games might play at different times of the day. Uh, obviously not having division one go up against Michigan, Ohio state is an interesting idea. Uh, and so the thing is, is next year things will be much different regardless because the college football season will be ending a week earlier. So our games be going up against the Big Ten championship game right. uh, instead of Michigan and Ohio State. And that might be a little different as well. But this gives us an opportunity to see how things might be different, see how the crowds might be different. Uh, you know, it, it's it's hard to say how it's going to look. Right. That we have teams, you know, oftentimes in Division 8 on Saturday morning, Division or Division 8 on Friday morning, Division 7 on Saturday morning. We often have teams that are coming in from the UP or Northern Michigan and maybe not playing them first helps those teams out as well. Uh, this is really an opportunity for us to take a look at how all of this looks. Yeah. I've been to plenty of those 10 AM games and uh, boy, sometimes it's tough when, you know, we're only coming down an hour and a half, but I get it. Some of these other schools, you know, they absolutely have to make hotel arrangements and, and, 
all that that goes along with it. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the Corona and Ovid Elsie angle that we're covering real closely. Sure. Uh, from your perspective, uh, Jeff, what other storyline should we maybe look for uh, this coming week, Thanksgiving weekend anyway, or leading up to it? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, there's so many. I, I, w- I would first say with Ovid Elsie, I, I think it bears mentioning I, that yeah. may have been the biggest stunner in the state. Uh, over the weekend, I, I saw Division Six as being easily the most wide open uh, division going into the weekend, uh, and even then, I think Constantine was the favorite. Uh, and, and for Ovid Elsie to to do on the road what it did, um, you know, I, I we've seen them do great things before the Chris Robinson era, oh, yeah. like yesterday to me, right? But uh, that one definitely was a stunner. What Karun is doing is awesome. Uh, you know, the Bauer twins are very good. Uh, they're actually younger children in that family that go to the Hazlitt School District where I live. And I'm thinking, <laughs> wow, if we had those two guys in Hazlitt, how good would that team have been? <laughs> right. uh, but, you know, happy for Karuna. Actually, my high school career ended at Karuna's Field, and so I always have a little bit of a weird <laughs> feeling there. But I've grown <laughs> to get over that uh, and to be happy for those guys. So, uh, you know, and that's pretty neat for them they've obviously been very very good and defeated some very good teams uh along the way i I think you know this weekend people are gonna be looking at belleville uh pretty hard belleville has won two straight division one championships and i think that winning streak is up to something like 35 straight games um you know so people are just focused in on whatever might happen there the rest of the way. We had five teams, I believe, win regional championships for the first time last week, uh, including one of them that started out three and four, uh, like Ovid Elsie, and and stays alive uh, to this day. So uh, I I think you could go in every division and pick out something. Division eight, you have Ubley potentially seen Whiteford again uh, at Ford Field. I'm kind of excited about that just because I think Ubley is due. They've been to the state championship right. games three out of the last four years. Um, you know, it, obviously Grand Rapids Catholic Central and Frank with matching up again. That was a, a championship game in 2020. Uh, Frank Muth was back last year and lost on a field goal with five seconds to play. Uh, the Mason coming back and, and yep. beating Wild Lake Western in overtime last week. Now playing Detroit King, which eliminated them last year. Uh, the list goes on and on. Yeah. That's what makes this part of the year so awesome. Uh, is every game is good. Every game has a story. We say that all the time, but really uh, you can't find one that doesn't at this point. Yeah. Can you talk about, uh, I mean, you were laying out a lot of the matchups right there. Um, Let's see, like last week, Belleville and, or was it two weeks ago? They were a nationally ranked game. It was Belleville and Celine. Celine. Yeah. They were a nationally ranked game last week. Obviously there was national, um, eyes on Rockford versus Davison. Obviously, mm-hmm. now Davison and Belleville, people are going to be watching that for sure. And, you know, a bunch of the other matchups that you're talking about right there. How cool it is, maybe for you, you know, who works with the MHSAA to see some of the high schools in Michigan that are clearly fantastic programs getting, you know, a little bigger recognition, I guess, outside of the state. Sure. I mean, I, I guess it's both ways from our, our point of view. Uh, on one hand, we believe that high school sports are local to their core. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what high school sports are supposed to be about. Playing with your friends, playing against the people next door, 
our biggest stage is our is our finals and and we have believed that that has been a core philosophy of ours for a hundred years uh at the same time it is nice for people to have some some appreciation for uh state of michigan athletics football in particular uh there was a time there where people felt like michigan high school football wasn't that great um, you know, I'm talking probably 15, 20 years ago. And I think that that has steadily faded. Uh, I think that people have seen enough from the Detroit area and the Grand Rapids area and the Muskegon area and all the, the KLAA, you know, up right. and down 96 and uh, all of these points in between great players coming from small, tiny schools. My gosh, Jake uh, Jake Witt getting drafted from Ewan Trout Creek uh, <laughs> this past NFL draft, you so know, cool. an eight player school in the middle Unreal. of the UP, right? So uh, I do think there's there's more of an appreciation uh, across the country for the ability. And, and I, I think it also speaks to the fact that, uh, you know, where you have some places where kids leave high school to go play in some of these big programs across the country, the, the kind of the you know, the IMGs of the world, of right. the world. Uh, and, and we've had people do that in basketball in Michigan, frankly. I, I think the fact that they aren't doing that in football, and let's hope that doesn't start, uh, shows the fact that it means something to win a football championship in Michigan. And it's only getting better. And those eyes are only turning this way even more. All right. Well, uh, Jeff, we'll end it with uh, with Matt's uh, question there. We want to let you get back to your family and get ready for this oh, weekend and Ford Field. We appreciate the time, as always, uh, the cooperation we get from you guys over there. And uh, oh, thanks course. again. Of course. No, you guys are doing awesome stuff. I love it. All right. Thanks, Thank Jeff. You. Jacobs Insurance Agency has served Shiawassee County and the surrounding areas since 1977. Just like Three Point Podcasts, we've had three generations, Gary Jacobs Sr., Gary Jacobs II, Brian Jacobs, and myself, Noah Jacobs, serving our community with offices in Waterford and Owasso on M21, just west of Home Depot. Stop in or go online to jacobsinsurance.com to get a quote or get your questions answered by our team. Jacobs Insurance is a proud supporter of our local schools and the proud sponsor of the Prep Spotlight. Insure everything, local, independent, and trusted. It's our family working together to protect yours. That's the Jacobs way. All right, guys, again, that was fun with Jeff Kimmerly of the MHSAA. And, you know, before we wrap up this segment, let's let's talk about our two local area teams still alive. You know, Corona picked up, man, another impressive win, 56 to 18 over Lutheran North, Macomb Lutheran North. Jade Nettington continues to really carry the football, tied a school record with five rushing touchdowns, almost 190 yards. Tarek Bauer, a nice 89-yard touchdown pass from his brother, Wyatt. Uh, just again, a complete team victory and it's you know final four time uh, a game away from ford field it's just amazing yep and you know we've said before that you never know what's going to happen in the playoffs but this team the way they're playing right now i mean you you can't you can't uh etch it in stone that they're going to be at ford field but they're playing at such a high level that if it feels like if they play their game like they have been We'll probably be seeing them at Ford Field, but you know, you, you never know what's going to happen. So hopefully they're not taking anything lightly, lightly, which I'm sure they're not. 
Yeah, it's I can't really even add much. I mean, it's it's kind of the ultimate compliment when you're so good, you get kind of bored talking about them. I mean, it happens <laughs> with Michigan football every once in a while, but somehow the national media finds new ways that we can talk about that. Uh, but no, so, so yeah, what can what more can be said? This team is is a wagon. They seem to have you know their eyes set on that state title. They're taking it week by week. They haven't really had any letdowns in any no. way, really, this whole year, other than maybe a quarter against yeah. Hamity. So what more can be said? They they know what they need to do. We're just right. here along for the ride. We're enjoying it. Absolutely. Yep. You know, and I'm not going to go through the tail of the tape, but this man, this has been a record setting season. At least uh, eight individual records have been set on this team for the school history. It's just amazing. It starts with the Bauer boys, but, uh, you know, uh, Jay Nettington tying the, the record for most touchdowns in a game. Uh, you know, their kicking game. I don't have the official stat, but Brayden Anderjack has to have the record for most uh PATs in a season, 68. I mean, when you put that many touchdowns on the board and he's almost flawless kicking the ball, that's got to be a record along with uh, for the career. So it's just amazing what they've done. And, you know, the biggest record they want, obviously, is that big one at Ford Field. I guess time will tell. It's funny, you know, Steve Herrick, he preaches it to him. The team believes it every single week. They scratch the game that was just played. And they focus on the next game and they say, this is this week's Super Bowl. That's how they preach it. And I think that's a great way to, to look at it. You know, this next semifinal games, there's the Super Bowl coming up. But let's slip hey, you quickly. Got to, I was going to, sorry, I was just going to say you no. got to because, you know, they started off with Hamity in the playoffs. And a lot of people were talking about, you know, because Hamity was undefeated. Yep. But the big thing was going to be if, if the teams won, it was going to be that game against Notre Dame prep. You can't yep. look ahead to that. Now, you know, after they beat Notre Dame prep, it's kind of the big thing is going to be what Grand Rapids team, either West Catholic or Catholic Central, makes it out of their game. You can't look past all these stuff because Flat Rock coming in, is it, they're a good team. I mean, yep. they're they're kind of on a, a dream season type of run right now. Um, not, not a traditional making the playoffs every year like a Portland or, you know, something like that. Flat Rock, you know, they're – I think I looked it up. They've made it the last few years, but before that hadn't really made the playoffs since like 1990. Right. So they're on a super cool run right now too. So even though Corona has all the stats and all the records, everything you just laid out, this flat rock team probably is super confident too and believes they can go in there and win. So it, it'll be, I'll, I'll be curious to see how that game's go, how that game goes. As Jared likes to say, I mean, the team that is at the cream of the crop, has to have a quarterback and you know this flat rock team again has a really good quarterback just like pontiac notre dame had this kid threw for 250 yards three touchdowns last week 21 out of 27 i mean big time numbers and they run the ball too their running back had a 200 yards and five touchdowns so you know they pass they run we'll see if the cavalier defense can be up to the task my, again my favorite part of it they have the old school Rams helmets, yes, and they're running back. Ted, I know you'll appreciate this. Number 40, it's like something out of your generation, it's like Darren Sproles. Uh, so th just keep an eye on that. Number 40, little snack, right. kind of a that. fun little player, yeah. Uh, also, before we wrap this segment, let's uh say kudos just like Jeff did. You know, over at Elsie over there, maybe they don't look at it as a big upset, but I think probably 95% of this state looked at that score and what that result was and said, oh my goodness, Ovid Elsie pulled an upset. Bit of an upset without a doubt. They're eight and four now, but they uh, they beat number two Constantine 
38-25. That was the Marauders' second regional championship in school history. Of course, the Chris Robinson team made it to the state finals and lost out to, I think, was it Muskegon Catholic Central? My memory fades a bit, but it was a Muskegon yeah. school. And uh, the running back, Clayton Frucci, we talked about it with Travis Long. Big, big game. 206 yards, three touchdowns, had a touchdown catch. Uh, our main man quarterback, Trace Tokar, 11 of 16 in the air with a couple of TD passes. I mean, the broader defense led by Brock Spitzley, who had 13 tackles, also had a fumble recovery. And uh, sophomore Braxton O'Brien had a couple fumble recoveries. So sounds like, you know, not being at the game, uh, both sides of the ball, they came to play, you know, on the road, on grass. Big win by the Marauders. It is a huge win, man. I feel like I'm in, like, the twilight zone. I feel like I got transported to, like, your generation, Ted, or something where <laughs> the local teams, man, powers yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on the state level. It's awesome. I mean, Constantine, I that's know. a legit program. Good year in, year out. I don't know the ins and outs of their team, but you know they're solid. I think they were unbeaten going into that game or maybe oh, yeah. just one loss. I mean, what more can you say? I mean, they're a game away from Ford Field. D6, like Jeff Kimberly said, it's as open as any division. They could win that thing. And what were they, sure. three and four? And they've won five straight. That's yeah. the craziest part. They're playing tough teams in this in this region, man. This team had this this area had some serious football this season. Absolutely. Can't say that. Nine out of ten years, you can't say that. This is well, like, the best like you I said, think I can ever remember in this area. Yeah, they started their run out with beating Shiawassee County killer Lansing Catholic, as as Jared mm-hmm. likes to point out all the time. So I mean their their run started there and uh, they're pl- they get to play at that nice new f- uh, facility in Grand Blanc. They play Allmont. So I know yeah. the experts, you know, some of the people that we've had on the podcast, um, they're predicting Allmont to get that W. But, hey, man, Ovid has been pulling upset after upset. And they just, like you said, Jared, they just beat Constantine. So they should – how cool would it be for Corona and Ovid to be at Ford Field? That'd be, oh, that'd be pretty man. awesome. It'd be incredible. Well, yeah. Fingers crossed. Good luck to the Marauders for sure. I will tell you this. They're going to travel well. They're going to be over there in Grand Blanc in force. And I know Corona is going to travel, even though a few people are complaining about that they had to go to Ypsilanti instead of Chelsea. Uh, But so what? Go down there. Take care of business. Yeah. So two questions or two, two comments real quick before we tie this off. Yeah. Is there a chance that the castle that you guys, if Ovid Elsie makes it, and of course, if Corona can make it, that you guys would call both games? There's a chance. I mean, I don't remember when the D6 uh, final game is. It's yeah. a problem that they've never had. Is no, it? we've had it. We've we've called six games from Ford Field before. Oh wow, <laughs> six of eight state championships. So it's happened. Now the only problem is, you know, over else you'll have their own station there, which is cool. You know, they do a nice job oh, over okay. there covering their school. The problem is, we have to do such a quick turnaround on getting sales, produce the commercials, do all the admin work. It's it's. Jared, you were talking about your job today was kind of hell. Can you imagine with a one-man sales force and, you know, you got very limited staff trying to put that all together Uh, on Thanksgiving week? For sure. That's the tough part. Yeah, I'd be busy. I just didn't know if that that conversation had maybe come up at all. Oh, that conversation has happened before, and it's it's still a possibility. It could possibly happen. Yeah. I mean, you didn't get a hotel, man. The other other (laughs) thing I was just going to say quick, I know texting some friends, they're already talking about – a tailgate down there in Ypsilanti. So you, you yeah. mentioning Corona is going to travel. Oh yeah. I don't know if there's going to be anyone left in Corona Saturday Probably. afternoon. Probably. And can not. I just like, here's the thing. I don't know where the news came that we were, we were going to be playing at Chelsea. 
whoever wherever it came from ted you were you were spreading the fake news i know it's not yeah, your fault. I, did. I don't know where it came from well. but the people who are acting like the world <laughs> is ending because this game is taking place at lincoln high school or ypsilanti whatever consolidated schools instead of chelsea it's like what are we even talking about it's like yeah, enjoy yeah. the drive if anything that drive it's like makes it feel big time man I yeah mean, enjoy it yeah especially if they do a caravan you know a bunch of people meet at the high school and follow each other to the field you know that stuff is cool yeah, exactly. uh, it was a faux pas by me on the air, without a doubt. But wow. it was, you know, it was reported in the press box. So and that was, wow. I was already on the air. So what am I going to do? I don't have time to check sources. So <laughs> it's just the way it goes. All right, guys, good stuff on the prep spotlight. Again, we want to thank uh, Jacobs Insurance Agency for sponsoring us. And uh, we'll get to all the hot topics in football. Got a feeling we might talk a little Jim Harbaugh. Got a feeling we might talk a little Detroit Lions. And it'll all come up right after this. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Check out the Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center in the now building on the campus of Memorial Healthcare. Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center includes locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, a sauna, a lap pool, and more, including a raised track for walking and running with views of the entire Memorial campus and surrounding area. Personally, I love it, man. Sunday, Saturday morning, get in there, get a good workout in, hit the sauna up, and I also do the steam room, so it's a perfect spot. I mean, I think it's only $12 for a day pass, but for those of you who are looking to join for a winter membership, it's up to 15% off for your membership when it's paid in full. Memorial Healthcare strives to bring healthcare and wellness together, servicing patient needs from diagnosis to treatment to rehab and beyond. For more details, go online at www.memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. That's 989-720-2273. All right, guys, let's start this time instead of the Lions, because we're going to get into that, but the Michigan-Penn State game, 24 to 15, they pick up the win without Harbaugh. Harbaugh's notified via social media that he's not going to be coaching them. One of the biggest debacles I can ever remember. The only thing I can I can even sort of compare this to, and this is way before your guys' time. This is back when Ohio State and Michigan tied. Michigan was their quarterback was Dennis Franklin. It was Bo against Woody. And Franklin went down with an injury in the second half, but the Wolverines completely dominated a 10-10 tie. And the Big Ten uh, athletic directors voted Ohio State should go to the cha- go to the Rose Bowl and not Michigan. So that was the start of this Michigan bias bullshit. And now it continues again. It's continuing. Help me it's, out. It's just I don't know how anyone and everyone. It's almost like it. It's you're one side or the other. Either you just absolutely cannot stand Harbaugh in Michigan, mm-hmm. or you kind of more lean our way. And but I, it's this is one of those things where I don't see how you can lean that like Michigan and Harbaugh deserved how things happened. If you think he should have been suspended, if you think you know he's guilty and all that, okay, I, I understand that. But to be in the air on their way to state college and then to find out on social media and then he lands and you see the picture at the airport where, you know, he's huddled with, you know, the, the group of coach and he's, they're probably like, 
what what can what i go hell? to the team hotel am i not supposed to be at the team hotel like yeah. am i not supposed to be like what are how do we do this that's the mess of it and and you know it's all been talked about but that friday was a you know like was like a court holiday national so, holiday yeah. yeah national holiday with veterans day so not only did the big 10 commissioner wait to drop the news the suspension when michigan was on their way to happy valley but he knew that, you know, courts weren't there. You know, I guess there was a judge on call or, you know, whatever. But it wasn't going to – the whole, like, appeal and all that wasn't going to go through by kickoff. And, I mean, he knew, he knew that was going to happen. He knew he was going to suspend Harbaugh probably by earlier in the week. Oh, yeah. Why didn't he just do it earlier in the week mm-hmm. so Sharon Moore or whoever they were going to appoint as head coach could prepare to be head coach? I can't imagine – I know we'll get into this, but the emotion that Moore showed <laughs> in that postgame interview after the game um, – I can't imagine like when they landed and it was like, Hey, you gotta head you gotta be head coach of this game. <laughs> oh, Harbaugh's not gonna be there. He he was probably like, What? This isn't bowling green. This isn't UNLV. I'm at I'm at Beaver Stadium and I gotta try and beat the number ten team in the country. All right. Yeah. Just uh, yeah. just a debacle, a complete debacle. Well, they did uh, this this commissioner, man. You can tell that it's personal when it comes to Michigan. Right. It, I don't care if it if it's you're dealing with like you know, felons and con- you got you, your job as commissioner is to be unbiased, play it by the book, play it by the rules. The fact that they went through all this. And like I said, in my instant reaction, man, they made a mountain out of something that should have been a molehill. Oh, you want to suspend them next year for a game or two? Go, sh- go ahead. Whatever the, we already self-imposed a whole goddamn suspension at the start of this year. But the fact of how they went about it, where you're hearing all the tea leaves, Oh, that they, they had this conference call with the other coaches where once you open it up to that, where you're doing this whole kind of let me know what your guys' thoughts are on this, what do you think they're going to tell you? They hate right. Michigan. James Franklin probably could get fired at the end of this year because he couldn't beat Michigan uh, on Saturday. Ryan Day, especially now at this point, if Harbaugh's not on the sidelines, I mean, loses three straight years to Michigan, he could be fired. These guys are fighting for their lives. I don't blame them for trashing Michigan on that call. It, it, that shouldn't have been what position. They shouldn't have even been in that position to start with. This commissioner, man, he's lost. I hate yeah. to say it. This was... This is what your job is. You botched it at every sense of the word. I, I get that they cheated. They probably did. And it probably was somewhat of an advantage. But the way it's been handled and the fact that they haven't let this investigation play out, as everyone a lot smarter than me has said, you're setting a bad precedent for mm-hmm. everything that's going to come from here on out. Yeah, It's, it's, it's a joke, man. I, we, we can, we'll come back to that whole thing. But let me just savor this win for what yeah. that was on Saturday. Wow, was it awesome. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That's the sweetest, that's the happiest I've ever been watching a Michigan football game in my life. You guys remember before the season, I was saying how basically none of this matters until the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. I can't get over that TCU game. There, All I know, all I can think about is that TCU game and how when they get to the college football playoff, they're probably going to lose. Listen, because of how the Big Ten has handled this and all these coaches coming across as crybabies, all I care about is winning the Big Ten now. Just win the Big right. Ten. Everything else is gravy. Like mm-hmm. and, and doing it without Harbaugh on the sideline this past Saturday, that was awesome. Uh, believe me, I'm usually the first to complain about a game like that where it was kind of ugly, 24 to 15. I'll, you know, Probably if you would have told me that score at the start of the year, I'd have been like, man, I kind of thought they were going to beat the team by like 30. That was perfect. <clears throat> believe me, I've been a part of a game like that where you just can't do anything offensively. Country right. day, my senior yep. year. There's yep. nothing more demoralizing than that. You are Drew Aller and that team. They knew they lost that game probably about midway through the third quarter. Right. You know, in your heart, you yeah. lost that game. 
<laughs> and I just loved every part of it. That was more embarrassing than beating them by 100 points. <laughs> How they did it, running it, what it was, 32 straight times since the second quarter. I've yep. never heard of that. Uh, <laughs> and a lot of people are shitting about that. Whoa. And people are complaining. That's weird. Why didn't they throw McCarthy more? People make football a lot more complicated than it needs to be. If you can win the game running the ball every single play, that's what, exactly what you should do. And you shouldn't think twice yeah. about it. Yeah. It was so, yeah. so perfect, man. And I think clearly I, I'd be curious what the conversation was, you know, with Harbaugh before he had to go away or whatever happened. If, you know, he told Sean Moore, I mean, obviously Moore's the offensive coordinator, so he knew what the game plan was going to be. But I wonder if the conversation was that. We remember the Washington game a couple years ago that was very similar, that they basically ran the ball 65 times and only passed, like, what, six or seven times? Right. And, you know, fans were complaining and all that, and I was probably one of them because I like <laughs> to see them throw the ball. But, right, if you can win the ball or win win the game because you know that Penn State's offense isn't going to score points. Correct. Even though it was only a nine-point victory, it really was a bigger like margin than that because you knew Penn State's offense wasn't going to score more than 15, 16, 20 points. Basically, it was like Michigan was control the clock, don't turn the ball over, and we got this win. Let's just get out of Happy Valley, figure out all the Jim Harbaugh stuff and everything else, and you know we'll we'll, we'll figure out the rest. And that's what's cool about this team. I saw some clips of Harbaugh's presser today, and he was <laughs> talking about the humility of the team and. Um, how they're unselfish and all that kind of stuff. And I clear JJ McCarthy is a first round draft pick and he's in the Heisman talks. And at least what we see, he doesn't care about not attempting one pass in the nope. second. Yeah, half. That's the best part. Blake, Blake Corum, same thing. I mean, he obviously got a ton of carries Saturday, but the rest of the season he's splitting carries with Edwards. Even Mullings comes in and gets carries. JJ's running the ball more. I, these guys genuinely, at least again, everything we see, do not care about stats. If we have to run the ball 32 straight times, no passes in the second half to get a win against Penn State, cool, let's do it. 100. So you you got to appreciate that. Yeah, and it was so sweet. I agree with both you guys as far as how awesome that game was to get behind us. You know, all the bullshit we had to listen to, the whole, you know, all these talking heads nationally. Just they all have differing opinions. Majority seem to not like Harbaugh, but there's right. a fair share that do like him. But it was just awesome to see them pull together. It was awesome to see the emotions after that game. I mean, Jerome Moore and, and Corum, I mean, the, the heartfelt that they love their head coach. I mean, right. that says a lot to me right there. Whether whether you're out there and you're a Harbaugh liker or hater you know that team loves him and that's yeah. what counts and they play for him. And it's the weirdest penalty that he can't coach on the sidelines, but he can coach during the week. This is, it's a, again, I have to go back to this stupid, ridiculous going on. I mean, the big 10 decides to hand out a penalty, but the NCAA doesn't. I mean, why don't they let it, why, it why no didn't sense. they let it go due process and, and hear from everybody involved, make your decision. I think we all three agree something's coming down they 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 cheated there's no right. doubt about it there needs to be some some sort of penalties it could be you know they they talked about maybe taking away some recruits or big fine or maybe a combination of that and suspension but the way it came down and when it came down is ridiculous it's just completely ridiculous it is and and we're all anyone who listens to this podcast or knows us we're all very big michigan football fans but i also think that we're not super fanatics Right. If Jim Harbaugh, if it, if it comes out that he did know 
or they're guilty of something. They, they push this counter stallions dude to do this, you know, whatever they, that would be found out. We would be the first ones to say, yeah, he deserves a suspension. Right. You know, he, whether a fine, uh, a postseason ban, you know, scholarships lost, whatever. We would be the first ones to say, yep. If you find that Jim Harbaugh and his staff knowingly let this stuff go on, we would be the first ones to say, yep, suspend him. It's the fact that everything that you just laid out, the NCAA said that they can't find any connection. The Big Ten, even in their statement, said they can't find any connection. This is more a, a university suspension. <laughs> right. It's just like, Jared, you already said it, that they're setting a bad precedent because what if something happens in a year or two where there's some allegations against Ryan Day or right. James Franklin or something? Michigan can be like, hey, look what you did to Harbaugh. Why, you know, right. You're, you're suspending him for in a, a dream season where they're the number two team in the country going to you know their three biggest games you're going to take them off the sidelines for that you know so this this commissioner obviously he he over his head seems <laughs> a little over his head but the you know for, from our standpoint the easy thing would have been let's let this thing play out right and if like you said jared if you have to suspend him for six games next year okay but to do this right now it just seems really weird it just yeah. it's such it was a strange stupid thing. Because yeah. it, it was not that big of an advantage, and we're seeing it play out. Before. It's like this whole argument of how bad this was, it's like it's collapsing on itself with each win. It's, yes, why, it is. If you would have just waited, held on to this info, whatever, if it came from Ohio State, whoever, Michigan State maybe, <laughs> if you would have just <laughs> held on to that little info until the season ended, you could have basically undone everything Michigan had ever done under Harbaugh. Right. They didn't. They decided to do this stupid act now thing over something that really wasn't that much of an advantage, and we're watching it. I mean – I would love it if Michigan said, like, we're going to run it every single play and show that even if Penn State knows we're going to run it, they're still not going to beat us. Right. I don't know if that, that's what I like to think they did, but I don't know. Maybe. It definitely seems it seems like they were sticking the middle finger up to James Franklin because Franklin was one of the coaches that came out and said, like, yeah, it sure seemed like they knew what we were doing every time mm -hmm. I was calling a fake field goal, you know, whatever he said. And they're basically like, here it is. We're going to run the ball every play. Go ahead and stop it if you can, and and they couldn't. So yeah, but yeah, I brought up Sharon Moore, and I, it, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add, but I just you know I want to ask or give my thoughts on that. Like, of course, you know he, I mean, emotions came out from him dropping f bombs, dropping every swear word on live television. Tears were flowing. I loved it. I I couldn't love it e anymore either, Ted. I mean, you have to think about, like I said he found out when they got off the plane or maybe on the plane that he was going to be head coach at happy Valley, you know, big noon kickoff and a top 10 matchup college football playoff implications on the line, everything that's going on with Harbaugh, everything like that. You're all of a sudden like you're the head coach yeah, and you've got to run the offense too. think about the weight on his shoulders. If he would, if he would have went in there and lost, he would have felt, I mean, he probably would have never, never let that down, you know? So right. It all came out and, you know, you have to appreciate that. I mean, it's, I saw on, on some show like Rex, Rex Ryan this morning was talking about like, sometimes, you know, coaches they're you're, you're supposed to be like so stoic and, you know, in these post-game interviews, so professional and all this kind of stuff, but people don't think about the, all the emotions that go into coaching and everything like that. And, and it came out and, you know, I, I thought it was super cool because it shows how close this this team is, especially Corum with the busted up nose and everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, you gotta love that Corum. They already, I saw they already Brad Kelly posted poster. It. They already, they already have a poster of that. It's what a badass picture. It literally looks yes. like something should be an album cover. It's awesome. 
Um, in terms of the Strone Moore thing, here's here's the funny thing I I I, I got a kick out of, of the backlash to that. Oh, it's not like Jim Harbaugh died. One, it, like you guys already said, shows how much Harbaugh means to that team and to that coaching staff. But here's the thing: there, if and I just want to apply, and this is exactly what Strone Moore said. Gave kudos to the AD Ward Manuel. He's back on my good side. He handled this perfectly. The president handled it perfectly. Yep. Coaches have been fired for a lot less. People who don't have a spine in these positions, man, that as soon as there's any sort of outside noise pressure, they it's like they don't even think they just fire. And they didn't. They've they've been very calculated with everything this entire time. It's been impressive. This is how you handle like a situation like this. They've nailed it every every point. And and I think what Strom Moore that you know kind of emotions that he's feeling is one. It's a what a whirlwind it's been for them this whole season, mm-hmm. let alone those 24 hours for him where he finds out he's coaching biggest game of the year. He goes out and wins it. Um, but I think more so it was just the fact of he appreciated how the president, the AD, the entire program, the fan base, they did their jobs. They didn't they didn't jump the gun. Right. They didn't overreact to some national heads. They they looked at the facts. They realized what the situation was, and they handled it perfectly. Yeah. And that's what he said in that post game press uh, in that post game interview. And I'm just going to echo it. it for sure. They nailed it. Yeah, hundred percent. They rallied together, Michigan men together. <laughs> that was awesome. I, I I couldn't be more proud of that team. I hope right now. I mean, we all three hope that they win their next two games, right? Yeah. I mean, how sweet would that be to beat Ohio State without Harbaugh on the sidelines? And I think they're going to do it. I really do. Especially, you know, they they figure out how to stop that one receiver. But other than that, Harrison. Yeah, they they get Ohio State at home again. And I don't think they're going to be able to run 32 straight times against Ohio State. You're going to have to have J.J. McCarthy throw the ball. But we'll we'll worry about that when we get there. But, you know, a quarterback that, you know, you guys know that I've railed on a lot who just continues to ball out Jared Goff, man. I, I'm, I'm still, I'm not, I'm, I'm still not, not sold yet. Nah, not, back. Come, no. on, man. Come on. I'm not, I'm saying I'm not buying his Jersey and putting it up on the wall and doing all that. He's not my favorite, but he, you can't discount what he does. I mean, Tony Romo was all over him that whole game, just gushing over him. Um, the lions, man, I, the defense. I mean, we can maybe get into that a little mm-hmm. bit later, but there, Tony Romo again he, on the broadcast. He was talking about a Super Bowl contender. That was just an entertaining game to watch as a fan. A little stressful as a Lions fan, you know. Yes, but it was. you know that that team <laughs> fully healthy. That offense with Montgomery and Gibbs. Clearly, Gibbs is coming in, into his own. They yep. figured out how to use him. The offensive line is playing well. Um, you know, St. Brown is a stud. Laporta, obviously, they've got to be one ball. of the best offenses in the league. You know, absolutely. And, and Ben Johnson calling the plays. I, yeah. They're Jared Goff. I mean, it can't be understated, Matt. He's he's a top ten quarterback in this league, maybe higher. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's the best player on this team. I mean, we know how important quarterback is. He has been as advertised. Whenever it really turned, it basically, was right after the Hawkinson trade. Since yeah, right. then, he's been. How can you argue him not almost not being a top five quarterback in the league? Yeah. He's been that good. Yeah. Uh, in this system, the fan base behind him, the staff behind him, Ben Johnson inspiring him. I mean, he's so good on third down. He everything is going right for that guy. You love him. The everybody has rallied. The fan base is there for him. He is a top quarterback. He really is. And as long as you have that top quarterback, you can beat anybody in this league. Now, I mean, we'll talk about the defense uh, uh, in a second. But when you have a quarterback like that, you can beat anybody in this league. Whether it's playoffs, whether it's Super Bowl, whether it's the end of the season where we got Vikings, Dallas Vikings to end the year. Right. I put my trust in Jared Goff. 
he's he can get it done for us. And I know I was one of the guys that was always kind of saying I didn't think he was the guy. I was wrong. Ted, you were the first guy on it, even if you jumped off it for a millisecond. But you were right. Jared Goff is the guy. We don't need to look any further. This is the quarterback for the next five years, maybe the next 10 years. No, He's our guy. Well, he is definitely their guy. You know, I think that. And I think, and you guys know this, if you're appreciated, you're going to perform sure. better. And he right. has come to Detroit. He wasn't appreciated in L.A. for whatever the reason was. Maybe it was a personality conflict. Maybe it wasn't the right players around him out in L.A. I mean, he did take him to a Super Bowl that a lot of people forget. But he comes to Detroit. He's the guy they wanted. He was a key piece in that whole Matt Stafford trade. He wasn't a throw-in. The Lions right. wanted him to come in. And, you know, after a little bit of a slow start, let's face it, he did have a slow start learning the system. You know, the, the team had a slow start figuring right. out the right, right pieces. So, but once he figured it out, once Johnson figured it out with the players he has, you're right on, Jared. I mean, the, the guy is ultimately confident. He gets the job done. He throws a duck once in a while, but what quarterback doesn't? But right. when it's money time, that fourth down pass, oh, my God, it was a tremendous call. But a lot of quarterbacks would overthrow that baby. It was right on the money yep. and a big win by the Lions without a doubt. And let's face it. We had our doubts a little bit about Dan Campbell too. We he had yes. a he had to earn his keep with us and a lot of the Lions Nation. But I'll yep. tell you right now, as he might be the best Lions coach of all time before it's all said and done. And he is the main man, and he does have the big balls. And I just love the way that guy <laughs> operates, man. Dan Campbell all the way. Can you imagine we had Matt Patricia? Oh my God. Right. I just I saw a clip someone shared the other day or yesterday probably um, a, a Matt Patricia press conference clip and like watching that I was just like oh man this is <laughs> this is terrible how did we ever think that Matt Patricia was going to be a good head coach knowing now what we know about Dan Campbell obviously yep not everyone me included was all that excited about Dan Campbell just because he was unproven right. and it just felt like you know is he the right guy to turn the culture around and everything like that. And man, he was the exact guy to turn the culture around because similar to what we're saying about Sharon Moore and Jim Harbaugh and, you know, how, how close they are, how much they, they seem to really love each other. And those players, they, they seem to love Dan Campbell. Without and it was another show I was watching. I think it was uh, get up on ESPN. It's some, it was a bunch of former players. I think it was after the Monday night game when that interview where, Dan Campbell broke right. down crying, talking about the players. And Greeny asked the guys, like, how do players respond when they see that? And they were all just – they were all ready to go out there and strap up and play a game because they were like, players respond to that because they know Campbell's been there. He's been through all the two-a-days and all the summer camps and practice and all that kind of stuff. So when he shows that emotion, it's because he knows what they're going through. And you see that because – a lot of teams are starting to hire former players as head coaches, maybe because of that reason. Like you see the Raiders, Antonio Pierce is probably going to get a long-term deal because yeah. they're all of a sudden playing well now that they fired Josh McDaniel and everything. So, so yeah, that's a long-winded way to say that, man, Dan Campbell, he's the right guy for the job. And you said the best coach ever in Lions history. The bar is not very high, <laughs> but, hey, that's still impressive. If they, if they win a division, win a couple playoff games, I mean, he's there. Yeah. The thing about golf, too, I'll say that at 100% correct. I don't disagree with anything you guys said. He doesn't turn the ball over, and right. that that's big. That was one 
knock on Stafford as as Every electric and everything as Stafford was, you knew he was due for a pick a game. Basically, you just yeah. had to hope it wasn't in a big spot. Yeah, it, it's golf isn't sexy. He he's so he's boring and like in how he plays. I feel honestly, I feel like that's why you don't hear a lot of him getting talked about on a national level. I think he finally is starting to. I think he's like thirty to one to win the MVP. If anybody's interested in that, <laughs> um, so no, it, it's it's finally coming around for Jared Goff, and I'm happy to hear that. I mean, Dan Campbell, you guys said everything I need to say. I, I will say I loved what he said in his post game um, locker room, which is the number one video I watch every yeah, single week. When they too, wait, I wait I for that thing to come out. <laughs> love it. When he said the, he basically went around I me. Mean, everybody's thinking it like, man, our defense looked horrible today. But he went in there and he goes, you guys have nothing to hang your head about. It's the NFL. It's hard to win games here. You take a win any way you can get it. And then we got it done today. I, I think that was a really cool message that a lot of coaches probably be like, what the fuck was that? Even in a win. No, he's just, you guys did your job. We got it done. Um, one thing on offense before I'm going to segue to defense. This is something small, but I love the addition of Rodrigo on the offensive package. I like to yes. imagine that package is called Rodeo. I don't know if it is or not, but that's what I name it. And that's what we can start not calling it. Let's do you it. You know there's a play coming down the road where they're going to throw him a touchdown pass. Absolutely. You know right. that's coming. Uh, but that's exactly the guy I want lead blocking for me. I don't care if he's a defensive guy at heart. Put him in front of me and, and let's run behind him. Yep. Uh, the defense. All right. We, we talked about all the good things. And anytime you win a game in the NFL, it's great. I think we can all agree that sometime down the line, whether it's playoffs, whether it's Super Bowl, wherever, the defense is going to be what lets us what lets us down. Yeah. One thing I find interesting, I, I mentioned the whole Hutchinson thing week one. I haven't mentioned anything about it since. Now you guys are starting to message me about Hutchinson, <laughs> and I just find I find that funny how it's really kind of come full circle. Where I said that take, I never went back to it for weeks and weeks. Now everybody's coming to me about it. So where do you guys at with the Hutchinson thing, and especially this pass rush, which went another week without a sack. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not flipping on Hutchinson by any means. I think he's still the real deal. It is a little head scratching. He gets pressures, but he's like he he doesn't get home. You know, he doesn't get right. the sacks. I I don't I don't think there's anything to that, you know, but sometimes he even kind of whiffs on the sack, but you know, he's still getting pressure. I think it's just because he has no help. I mean, there is just no pressure from the defensive line and I'm I'm kind of with you. I think you know, if you look back, you know, yeah, we beat the Chiefs, but Mahomes still did have a good game, but he's Patrick Mahomes, of course. Geno tore him up. Geno's been tearing him up, you know, ever since he's been with Seattle. Well, Justin Herbert yesterday tore oh, him yeah, up. Yeah, big game. And basically what I'm trying to say is it, it so far this year, you'll take seven and two anytime. Lions are seven and two. Any good quarterback they've played has kind of carved them up. And mm-hmm. that oh, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson yeah. was the yeah, other yeah. one with, with Baltimore. So Obviously, you're going to be seeing good quarterbacks in the playoffs. Worry about that later. I guess the point I'm trying to make is I'm kind of with you, Jared. I do feel like the offense is fine as long as Goff is healthy and everyone's healthy. The offense will be able to put up 30, 40 points anytime they want. The defense at some point is going to have to step up. I mean, they've. I don't. I don't. There's no other way around it. They've, they're going to have to step up. I think I texted you guys this. I mean, what happened to the uh, the blitz packages? You know, I mean, right bring Anzalone once in a while or Tracy Walker or you mix can't. it up. Why? I mean, you, we, I saw, I mean, this is the one guy I'm going to pick on. He was kind of looked lost Sutton. 
Cam Sutton got like it was a couple of those touchdown passes where he was just like lost eyes in the backfield guys running behind them. The secondary was questionable this weekend. Not only the pass rush, obviously it's really hard to do your job in the NFL against a quarterback like Justin Herbert when he's just sitting back there all day to throw. Here's here's my idiot jackass with a podcast microphone take on why (laughs) Hutchinson is not really turning into player one. You've heard me say it before. I don't understand why he's not playing at nose guard a lot of the time in these passing situations. You look at what he does good. He's almost like an Aaron Donald where it's like his strength is really probably his number one skill. Mm-hmm. And the bull rush, getting the four-point stance, bull rush. Even if you're not getting pressure uh, or even you're not getting home on a sec, you're collapsing that pocket. Now it's like when he, he bull rushes or he comes from the edge, it's like the quarterback just evades him. How many Steps times up. do we see Her- Herbert just escape around him on that? Really sweet play Herbert made on a clip uh, in the second half. If I'm Aaron Glenn, let's get this guy at nose guard in passing situations and just tell him to bull rush. He plays patty cake. It, it, he's out there playing patty cake, doing these Dwight Freeney ballerina spin moves when his number one skill is the fact that he's a brute and is stronger than just about anybody he's going to go against. Again, this is me sitting in an attic with a podcast microphone. <laughs> but flat out, what is he doing? Yeah, I, I agree with some of that take. I don't know if I would say put him right at the nose in the four-point stance nonstop, but we've talked about it before. No, I'm not, uh, move sorry, him no, around. Move like him around. Put idiotic. him middle middle linebacker. Put him on, Shift him on opposite sides of the field while the quarterback's calling out his signals. Move him around. Don't, yeah. give him, don't let him be an easy target there to block. I do want to say this, though, on the defense. I know we might have different opinions on should the Lions have gone after one of those big-ticket edge rushers and part of me says yes but part of me also says i'm going to trust holmes and campbell because i think i think the same thing with hutchinson maybe he's not quite right now having the the season he should be as far as sacks but he's a locker room guy man right he's he's part of the culture change that dan campbell has has had put together and i think maybe that's a little bit why they didn't pull the trigger he wants that locker room together he feels he has good enough talent and I guess we'll see, but I do worry a little bit about the defense as they go deeper and deeper into this season. Yeah, I mean, at this point, who who would we be to question Brad Holmes? Because it seems right. like basically everything he's done has worked. It just seems like my like my rebuttal to that would be this is the year to go all in. The mm-hmm. NFC North, you know, the division, the Packers aren't good. Right. The Bears aren't good. The Vikings actually look like they might be decent with Josh Dobbs at quarterback, mm-hmm. but the division is the Lions. It's it's their division to lose at this point. So that would be my only thing. Go all in. If you have to trade a couple draft picks to get, uh, I don't know if it would have been Chase Young or it, I don't even know if Max Crosby was actually available. Wow. But Montez Sweat was a big name. Yeah, Sweat. Out. You know, get something. Even if maybe not one of those big ticket ones, but just someone else that might help Hutchinson because right now no one else gets pressure on the quarterback. And when you're not blitzing and yeah, when you're not moving Hutchinson around, you know, just three yahoos on their couch, watching, watching lions football, it's, (laughs) it's frustrating, but you know, at some point you got to pressure. If you let Justin Herbert just sit back there, like I said, Jared, you could have been, cooking the Lions defense yesterday I mean with the with the time that Herbert had so I mean I know I'm not some like quarterback guru from personal experience when you're under pressure 
compared to like a, a game where you have all day to throw, it's night and day, man. I mean, that's high school I'm talking about. I can imagine what it's like at the NFL level when you're actually sitting there reading, picking apart defenses. Right. Uh, it's a totally different game for those guys. It's like not yeah. even fair. It's not even fair to your secondary to expect right. them to defend these guys when you right. when he's got all day to throw. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's a it's a problem for them to try to solve. I don't think they can. Maybe when Houston comes back, maybe we'll get some of that production. Uh, but to kind of talk maybe about Gardner Johnson can country, come back. I, I, yeah, right. I didn't hate. I didn't hate not making that trade. I get what you're yeah. saying, Matt. I wouldn't have hated if they made that trade. It just seems like it's almost like you're you're really putting all your faith in a guy that's been injury plagued, hasn't really right. produced at that level that we were kind of hoping for. That people that Washington especially was hoping to see. So I didn't hate passing on that trade. Yeah. As you guys have heard me say in your in pods past, I would have loved to have seen them address that in the draft. It's a problem for next year's draft. You just kind of roll with this team that you have. You yeah. find other ways to get pressure on the quarterback, like Ted's saying. Maybe it's blitzes, or you just hold off hope that somehow, some way, something will change between now and the in the in the playoffs. Right? Was that trade? Was that a third round draft choice and yeah. just his contract? Was that basically it? Well, and his contract's up at this at the end of this year, so there's right. really no guarantees. Forty Nine ers right. probably not going to keep him. Really, right. so it'd be a free agent. So yeah, I could see why they didn't pull the trigger for a couple of those reasons, but. Ah, man, they got to get some pressure on the quarterback somehow. They got to figure that part out. If they could do that, man, it's the whole package. And I'd be feeling a lot more confident without a doubt. I I will say, man, I was, I finally am willing to admit this. I was wrong about the Jamal Williams take. When Montgomery, (laughs) and again, this is kind of the whole, we might be, I might be backtracking this a week when Montgomery's out again. But when Montgomery and Gibbs are full strength, wow, what a tandem. Montgomery on that one run. He just just pops off the screen. I mean, he's athletic. He's he's short. He's strong. Just an uh, elite athlete, man. And then you got Gibbs, kind of the lightning uh, out of the backfield. Who the most impressive run of the game for Jameer Gibbs? That touchdown he scored, where it took a second effort. It was in between the tackles. I think it was it was a fourth and one on the goal line that he punched yep. it in. Right. Yep. That was the most important. That was the most impressive run he's had as a lion. That's what we need from him. We need him to be able to run in between the tackles, and he showed it on that. Uh, where a lot of times you bring in Craig Reynolds or Montgomery, Gibbs got it done on that fourth and one. That was big time. I love the way they threw a couple screens to him, you know, a couple yeah. other passes. I mean, he he's that type of guy. You got to just figure out a way to get him the ball. And clearly Ben Johnson knows a lot more than us. But, yeah, yeah they, they're figuring it out. No doubt. Well, I'll tell you, like I like I tweeted, it's been – Quite a weekend when the Cavaliers improved to 12 and 0. Michigan wins that game in Happy Valley. James Franklin, you see him on the sideline crying like a baby. And then the Lions pulling out that thriller. And, and how about clutch balls by the place kicker, Riley Patterson, man? Yep. That, I mean, you can't say all three of us weren't a little bit nervous when they were coming down to that final kick. Yep. Can, and let's just talk about that, Campbell, because we really – I know we're trying to wrap here. Yeah. But Dan Campbell putting deciding, hey, we're going to put this game on Jared Goff's right arm instead right. of putting it on Herbert's right arm, trying to go down and get a field goal or maybe even a touchdown. To 100%. Decision and play of the game. I mean, for all the times that, that goes wrong, let's appreciate it for when it works in a really a, what felt like almost a must-win game as it was going down the stretch. And even the national guys now, any game you see, if it's fourth down, you know, they're saying that Dan Campbell, he's going for it. Yeah. Yeah. And more times I mean, than I think, not, he does. Yeah, I think he knew he his his chances were better with golf getting that. The, the defense wasn't going to stop Herbert, exactly. so it was like, let's go down with our offense and let's see what happens. Can, can you get? But I mean, come on! I feel like we kind of brushed over this. The rodeo package. I mean, I that's perfect. It. That's a and they could even do the signal on the sideline. You know, act like they're rodeo and a cow. <laughs> it's perfect, man. Start that rumor, Ted. I I know you love the district of death moniker oh, yeah. I gave the Corona Division. 
this is what this is a new one I'm trying to get going. The rodeo package. I like it. Rodrigo like out just there. picture Rodrigo running in from the sidelines. You yeah. know, he, you know, he's showing up at the stadium with his cowboy hat and oh, boots, yeah. man. Yeah. So Rodrigo all the way. I, was this the first game he played fullback? I think he's I done think a couple. I, first game i noticed it but people when i was watching the game were telling me it's been a few weeks now okay i feel like i saw it last week just like one or two but yeah but i mean he had it he did have a great block that's the first time i really noticed i whoa that's rodrigo out there so (laughs) it's awesome real quick hits guys uh tigers made a great move in their new play-by-play guy Uh, yeah jason benetti i mean he's top-notch all the way i love his backstory i mean that is a great great hire by the tigers agreed jared yeah, I, it's I, you know it, every it's one of the rare times in social media everybody's in agreement. Wow, they did a great job bringing this guy in. It's awesome. He, yeah. I mean, I haven't had the chance to meet him yet, but seems like a really genuine dude. Matt, you said that you've worked with him a time or two. Genuine guy, great guy to work with. Uh, it's funny. I the first time I happened to really pay attention to a game he was calling was this weekend, Washington versus Utah. And yes. I don't know if you guys happened to see he was getting a lot of positive <laughs> press, and, oh, I, yeah. and I noticed that I was watching this play right as it happened. Well, they the had to the ball. Jackson where he dropped it before he crossed the goal line. Benetti nailed it the whole way. Uh, the director didn't follow him because, but Benetti knew it was a live play the whole way. So it's just mm-hmm. cool. He's he's a great guy from everything I've heard, and he calls a great game, which is the most important part. Yeah, I think hey. we should reach out to him too. I think we we should book him for this podcast. I think he's he's bookable. I do. May as, right. may as well reach out. Doesn't, you're doesn't in the, hurt to reach out. You're in the play-by-play community, man. That's that might be you, that might be your brotherhood connection. Hey, I, got, I got Dan Miller. What yeah. the heck? May as well try. <laughs> maybe maybe Miller would have a contact too. No, he he's he's one of those guys that I think the Detroit community and and with all the on his introduction day, you know, all the clips that you saw on social media and on Bally Sports. Um, the community is going to be able to get behind him easily oh, yeah. because he's he's genuine. He's got a really cool backstory, everything that he's gone through to get to where he is. So the Tigers fans, I think I think we all know that Tigers fans, we we love our Lions and everything. But when the Tigers are good, Ted, would you agree? It's it, would you say it's more a Lions? Would you say Detroit's more a baseball or a football town? I think it's a football town, but we've never gotten to really feel it. So, yeah, right. but, yeah. I, but so basically, I would say it's a baseball or people call it hockey town. But I think it's yeah. a tie. I think when the Tigers are good, people really rally behind it for sure. They, they really do. And if you got a good team and you got a good play-by-play guy, man, that just goes hand in hand. And the nice thing I liked about it, besides his regular backstory, he left Chicago to come to Detroit. I mean, right. that's that's big to me, man, coming yeah, from he, that city to Detroit. Yeah, he's still going to get to do a couple other things, not just the Tigers. Right, but right. Uh, you you mentioned I have worked with him at, two, at least two times, I think three times. And the one thing that always stands out, Jared, you know, behind the scenes, I mean, Ted, you too. He actually mentioned the tape room. He mentioned mm-hmm. some of the editors and, but nice. I mean, before the game, you know, he reached out and said, who, who do I got running replay? Who, you know, who's working with me? It wasn't just about the producer, the director and stuff right. like that. So that kind of stuff goes a long way, you know? Oh yeah. So he, he just, and everyone that I've talked to that works with him, he's, he's the nicest guy. So great, great, hire. great, hire, great hire by the Tigers and uh, guys. I mean, we're getting ready. We're in NBA season. What in the heck's going on with the Pistons? Is it just going to be just a sorry year? Now they're two and nine. I mean, they've. I think they've lost what six or seven in a row. I mean, yeah, it. That, yeah, it, it's been a. It's been a dire. The real. The the kind of the talking point has been Ivy's sort of playing time. He's been coming off the bench. Right. Yeah. He had an illness. 
people are, you know, I, I think it's a legit illness that he had, but people are questioning whether that was true or not. So, mm-hmm. no, it hasn't been a great start. I will say I'm, I'm very intrigued to see where this in-season tournament goes. We really haven't talked about that. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll be curious when that day comes on this pod. I'm sure that'll be there'll be some fireworks when that is debated. But I'm just kind of curious to see where that leads, man. It's hard to follow. The NBA, I've said it. it. Is. I, I, and it's kind of crazy to hear myself say this. I think the MLB's regular season product is better than the NBA's. I can't believe I say that, but at yeah. least you know they try every night and those guys are going to be suited up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's gotten it's gotten tough. So we I, I've I've been doing a lot of the the in-season tournament games that are on ESPN and it's it's funny. It's become every day in the pre-show meeting, it's not like, "Oh, what kind of matchup do we got?" It's Lakers Nets or you know whatever. Lakers Suns, it's right. who's not playing. Right. It's it mm. every night. It's superstars are not playing, which, you know, if it, like you said, if it's a legitimate injury, okay, yeah, sit out. But there's just so much load management going on. And, and the, the in season tournament games are only the Tuesday and Friday games. Right. So that's kind of hard to follow. <laughs> and, you know, to be cool when it becomes the like actual tournament when they go to Vegas. But if the stars aren't playing, then it doesn't really matter. You know, yeah. I, I give Adam Silver, the commissioner, credit for trying to do something. Because like you said, Jared, the regular season really has sometimes become tough to watch, even though I am an NBA fan. So he's trying something to drum mm-hmm. up some interest. I just, if the players aren't buying in, then, you know, it doesn't really matter. As far as the Pistons, I'm going to say the same thing I've been saying for years. They have no superstars. Right. That's what you need in the NBA. Cade Cunningham's very good. He, he may end up being a superstar, but when no one else is panning out, he can only do so much. And he's even had a few rough games. I've tried to watch a few Pistons games, and they're right. just hard to watch. You can't watch them. They're not fun I to think watch. They're definitely a better team with Monty Williams. I think that's a good hire. I think he, they yeah. play a lot better defensively. Now, Sar Thompson, he's the athlete that was promised. He had 16 rebounds the other the other day as, as a yep. freaking, I think he's at 18 or 19 at most, just turned 19. So he's a piece. But yeah, it's like you said. I mean, Matt, the really that's where you need to start and stop. It's like to really win an NBA title, you need like one of the top three, four players in the league. If you don't have that, you really don't have a chance. And that's yeah. why the NBA, it's like it's kind of hard to even get behind it, get behind this rebuilding movement because there's just no end in sight for ninety percent of these teams. Yeah, yeah, it's it's become a whole different beast from back when I was younger watching the NBA. It's completely different. Some things are good, but there's a whole lot bad. It's tougher teams trying to fight their way like the Pistons, you know, to be relevant and be a championship contending team. I don't know when that's ever going to happen. How weird is it that I, I literally listened to probably three or four hours worth of like NBA podcasts and I'm on Twitter all the time, seeing all the news and, but like I could give a shit less what actually is happening on the court. I don't understand. I don't, it's so weird to me that I'm like that, but yeah, I, I don't think I'm alone in that. It's like, you care more about what happens off the court, the drama, the the news more than you actually are like watching and enjoying the game on the court. No, oh, yeah. the NBA is definitely a soap opera with all the the load management and James Harden going mm-hmm. all over the place, and you know the, all the other little scandals that happen. You got to hope that you know, like Memphis with John ja Morant, they they drafted John ja Morant. They were they weren't very good, and he turned into a star. I mean, he's got his own issues. You got to hope that Cade Cunningham turns into that, and if he doesn't, then we're we're sitting around for 10 more years waiting for the Pistons to get relevant. But yeah. And even if he is, you, you st- I mean, it's like, look at the Sixers. It's like, what do they do? It's, I, they're probably not a title team. They've had an MVP and it's, it, it's just a, it's a weird sport. It's, it a, it's a tough sport to, to get behind, but I can imagine how awesome it is when you have a team like the bad boys, or like you said, the 04 Pistons yep. where you actually have a title team. I mean, how awesome is that? 
Uh, yeah. And you mentioned 76ers. I mean, they are in first place in the Eastern Conference, but yeah. uh, it's a long season. And go Red Wings. They're third place in their conference. So they're playing some good hockey down there. Yeah. They're in Sweden right now. Is that where they're at right now? Yeah, they have two games coming up in Sweden. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a kind of interesting like how the NFL does these Germany games. They they're going and playing two games in Sweden. So yeah, yeah that's the big story yeah. this week. Wow, I'll have to check that out. I didn't even realize that, man. Yep. So that's pretty cool. Does that affect you at all? Oh, it's all hands on deck, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when, when do they when do they winning. play their games? How do what? I, well, what I think they're like one frame? o'clock games. Honestly, I should yeah. know. I don't know for sure. I think there's a game on Friday and Saturday. Maybe I think they're yeah. like one o'clock. Because of the time difference, right? So, I think right. it's seven o'clock their time, or whatever night game, but it's being played at one o'clock. Jeez, crazy! All right, well, I think we've had enough, guys. Uh, let's get out of here. This has been episode two eighty nine of the Three Point Podcast, presented by the Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center. Sign up for a twenty twenty four membership, fifteen percent off. Available. Get yourself healthy. Get in shape. Get details at memorialhealthcare.org. I want to thank also our local partners, AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Home, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Rivals Tap House and Grill. The Z92.5 Castle Game of the Week, that's a no-brainer. The D5 Semifinal from Ypsilanti Lincoln. Front of Cavaliers 12-0, taking on the Flat Rock Rams. Rams 9-3, but don't uh, don't shortchange them. They're going to be ready to play. By the way, guys, you know, this is kind of my swan song. Casey had a had a Chi-Town gig on Friday night, so I got to slide back in the play-by-play spot for one, probably one final time, man. It was pretty cool. I gotta I gotta admit, man, I, I had my game face on. I was ready for that game. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> did, did you have a freaking did you have uh my uncle George following you around like a like a documentary crew? Is that what was going on? I don't know what he was no, he just came up to enjoy the game, I think. But uh Oh yeah, it was you know he had a, had one of the best seats in the house up there in the press box, so it was good to have oh, him yeah. in town. But it was a uh, it was a lot of fun being back into that. But it'll be good to have Casey back. We'll have the three man crew going again this uh, Saturday afternoon. That'll do it. Peace and love, everybody. Be kind. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to 3pointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.